everyone and welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. I'm Jim, sitting over there is Denver Dave and Punk Raider and we're here to talk about the NFL. Hey boys. Hey. Deja vu. Sure I've no long... done this once this week. I know. We have. This is no longer my war room. I want it to be referred to as Randy Fickner's porno laboratory from now on. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know, listen casting to casting <laughs> That's... <Yeah. laughs> That's just a little bit scary, really, to be honest. <laughs> oh, Dave, could you turn your video off at least? <laughs> We're back again, boys and girls. We split the pod into two. Last time we did the review of the divisional round. Today we're going to be doing the championship preview. We're going to have to go through some news and the return of Dave's fun quiz. Not end of season, it's kind of pre-championship quiz. I don't know, know what it Watch is. Watch up a name in there. Yeah. I'll sort something out. Um, let's go through some of the news then, boys. I want to start with this. So, Philip Rivers is hanging up his jock strap and retiring from the NFL after 17 seasons. Drafted by the New York Giants and immediately yeeted over to the San Diego Chargers. Rivers spent his first two years in San Diego backing up Drew Brees before taking over as a starter when Brees left in free agency to join the New Orleans Saints. Over the next 15 years, Rivers never missed another game, starting all 252, including the playoffs. He ranks fifth in NFL history with 63,440 passing yards behind only Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning and Brett Favre. The eight-time Pro Bowler also is the fifth in the league history with 421 touchdown passes, again behind only Brady, Brees, Manning and Favre. He got to the AFC Championship game once in uh, 13 years ago, but he got beat by the Patriots. Is he going to the announcer's booth? Nope. He's accepted the head coaching job at St. Michael's Catholic High School in Fairhope, Alabama, where he hopes to coach his sons just like his father coached him. He's coaching his sons. That's almost an entire special team, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Has he got well, nine kids? I, I liked his reasoning for actually leaving in that, you know, he thought that it was time for him and his wife to go off and have a family. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not even started yet. <laughs> yeah. the, the thing, Obviously, the you, thing two, is, I think... you know a lot about Philip Rivers. He was one of your uh, your rival quarterbacks over in the AFC West. So, yeah. on this memories of uh, I mean, Phil Rivers? Um, the num- number of times he pinged a pass directly into Von Miller's hands for an interception because that happened on <laughs> numerous occasions. It's th- the thing is, I've got respect for Philip Rivers in the fact that, as you say, he never missed a game. But I, you, you mentioned that he's like fifth on the list on this and fourth on the list on that and second on the list on this. That's only because of longevity. That's it. Who's had the most Premier League appearances ever? Gareth Barry. He's not an all-time great, is he? Do you know what I mean? It's just Who? because of longevity that he's got that many yards. That's the fact. So, yes, he's been What's in the league the best all the time. Dave? Availability. Okay. Depending on who you are. That's what Depending on Gruden says, isn't it? Right, Punk? Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I mean, from my point of view, I think Rivers is a good quarterback. I think yeah, he was, fine. I think he was a little bit unlucky a few times when the Chargers just couldn't get over the hump and make it to the uh, Super Bowl when they had like Ladanian Tomlinson and uh, Sean Merriweather and People like that, Sean mm-hmm. Merriman, rather. Um, I mean, they got but, to the Super Bowl I mean, in 1991. He was playing then, right? He was still no, in the team then. No, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> I'm no, no. Although they did get creamed by the 49ers, so it was a very Chargers, yes. Chargers-esque appearance. But <laughs> yeah, no, I think it surprises me that he's that high in that many categories in a way. It's I mean, you saying about longevity, so yeah, but games. There, there's you could also say that about all the quarterbacks around nowadays. You know, everyone plays a lot of years now because you know medically things have improved. You know, gone are the days where Joe Montana, I think, played what twelve seasons, maybe that was about it. You know, now you've got pretty much everybody going 10, 15 years if they're a decent quarterback. 
you know it's, part, it's... part of i mean that's the same in every sport i mean you look at nutrition and the way people keep their body every sport every single sport you are seeing longevity of athletes i mean it's not long ago that um bernard hopkins was a 49 year old boxing world champion that's you know that's that true never happened previously before that it was george foreman and that was a freak punch against michael mora it's happening in every single sport even in football you're getting players continuing into their late 30s whereas previously you know look at all the old liverpool players who were knackered when they were 28 so it's just the way that football well the way that football and other sports have progressed i I have i have respect for the way that that rivers has continued and has uh you know performed at the top level for so long but there's a lot of people saying, yeah, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm, really? No, he's not he's first really? ballot. Isn't he? He's not first ballot. He's, he's, probably I, a, he's probably a Hall of Famer in a quiet year where there aren't many quarterbacks or something. Yeah. And he'll get, he'll get in. in eventually, definitely. But yeah. he's not first ballot. No, I agree. A hundred percent. I don't think um, Namath or Sonny no. would last in this, this day and age in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, there's, it's the, the game has changed, but it's again, every sport has changed as well. So, you know, no disrespect to him, but the, the days of having a quarterback who could just sit in the pocket and couldn't run are pretty much over. Um, the amount of times we've seen him take a sack this season just because he was unable to move. I mean, he was very fortunate in the fact he had a great run game and a fantastic offensive line. But now Anthony Costanzo's retired, who's his left tackle, all pro left tackles retired. He's probably looked and gone, yeah, I'm having none of that. I'm gone. <laughs> That's me done. See you later, boys. Okay, let's move on to the next story then. Uh, so while the two sides haven't quite finalised the deal, it's expected that former 49ers GM and current interim GM Trent Balky will be the new full-time GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Balky had been filling in since David Caldwell was fired mid-season. Urban Meyer, the new head coach, apparently gave final sign-off on Balky's appointment. Balky had originally come in to replace Tom Coughlin as director of player personnel, and Balky was, the Niners, was at the Niners for six years until being punted with Chip Kelly in 2016. Um... I suppose a fairly decent move. He's obviously got so many draft picks to play with. So, kid in the candy story, as far as GMs are concerned. Yeah, it is. I mean, the only thing that's ever so slightly weird is that you've got a head coach signing off on a GM when that GM then comes in and is almost his boss, which is a, a weird position to be in. But hey, it's, it's the Jags. It's, it's, it's how they roll. <laughs> at <laughs> least it's not Tricon. Some. Yeah, no, I mean, I you, especially thing. look at you look at who the 49ers picked up and, and drafted and, you know, that's all you've really got to go on in those kind of 10 years up to 2016. He did a good job. You know, he put mm. together that, that fearsome linebacker group that they had with, um, oh, for Patrick Willis, goodness, Patrick Willis and, um, 99 sat on the edge outside linebacker, Alden Smith. Smith. I mean, he played um, for you. Yeah, no, no, I know, but he um, he played everyone at some point played for the Raiders. He played ten minutes for us, but I was going to say he was he was playing for <laughs> Dallas this season, I think, wasn't he? I think he came uh, back after. Yeah. I mean, he played out, about so. he played about three games as usual for Alden Smith. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but yeah, I think you know he's he's obviously got a bit of pedigree in in picking players. Um, but yeah, Eric Armstead, Eric Reed. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest with with the picks that Jacksonville have got this time round. It's I want to say it's going to be tough to fail. It should, in theory, be tough to fail because they have got an embarrassment of riches in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but saying that, you know, he's got someone who's never coached in the NFL before. 
um, at a high level. Never, you know, someone who's never they've got a quarterback who's never played in the NFL before, who undoubtedly will be starting week one, and they've got a roster full of gaps. But they've got the currency to be able to fill it. I mean, two first round picks for a start. So you do expect them to be able to, you know, to work. And, you know, they've got the attraction of being a tax free in a tax free state. So anyone who earns, you know, their cap by definition is sort of 20% higher than everyone else because you can just pay people that little bit more. And it's the benefit people in that, you know, the Cowboys and Houston have as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it is essentially a dream job because you're coming into a position where they're, they're as low as they've been in quite some time. There's still some quality in there. There's just a lot of gaps. Young but you've got an well. embarrassment of riches. Yeah, 100%. The problem is going to be now in this draft, they've got lots and lots of picks. I mean, altogether, I think they've got like 12 picks or nine picks or something somewhere around about there. Um, but it's going to be when they eventually in sort of three or four years time, if they do have success, how they continue that happening because all the players are then going to be coming off their rookie deals and going on to, you know, proper deals, men's deals for, you know, (laughs) not rookie deals anymore. So it's how they deal with all of that because they've got a lot of picks and all of those players coming off. I mean, it's it's the Raiders are finding as well with their uh, current draft, uh, their current uh, draft cap, uh, predicament. It's uh, it's not always great to have loads of draft picks. It was rumored on our last podcast, but it's now been confirmed, boys, that the Saints tight end coach and former Lions player Dan Campbell is the Lions' next head coach. Uh, Dan Campbell gave an impassioned WWE hype speech at his uh, press conference, uh, invoking memories of the Black Knight in Monty Python and the Holy Grail about uh, biting legs off. His butter flesh wound. <laughs> good luck to Dan Campbell in, in Detroit yeah one of the big things that he could do is re-sign Kenny Galladay because uh, yeah they, they need to keep hold of him and his contract's up this summer and he needs, he'll go somewhere and get paid big so uh, if uh, the Lions can keep hold of him that's a big plus for him we've had reports today that the Philadelphia Eagles have hired Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni as their next head coach as well uh, Sirianni spent the last three seasons in Indianapolis during which time the team twice finished in the top 10 in yards and points they're yep. going to need an offensive coordinator mind uh, in Philadelphia to sort out that quarterback room. <laughs> they still not doing with well, Wentz, so. it, it might sort itself out in a funny old way. <laughs> we'll see what happens in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that's all the news, isn't it, boys? Nothing else happens. No, 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 no. no I'm pretty certain there's at least one what? more that that, yeah, that certainly broke in the last couple of, of hours. Yeah. Mm. What What might that be, Jim? <laughs> something, something about a quarterback. I can't quite remember exactly what it was. Um, Some might say a new franchise quarterback. Maybe a new franchise quarterback. <laughs> you never know. You Only never if he's know. opening for Wendy's. Although, although currently, I believe it to be a one-year deal. It's a yeah. one-year, $42 million deal. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Haskins has been signed to an off-season contract, boys, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. I think what's happened here is a classic miscommunication where Everyone told Kevin Colbert, we want a first-round quarterback this year. We need a first-round quarterback this year. <laughs> and he's obliged, but uh, not how we wanted. Um, this is probably because he's already sewn up who he thinks we're going to have with our uh, our first-round draft pick. So, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen. <laughs> it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Um, yeah. He, he knows who he's picking with the 24th pick, and I'm guessing it's not a quarterback if he's messing about with uh, anyone and everyone that's played quarterback. But uh, you never know. 
just a case from it's a chance for him to get on the fifty three round man roster. I doubt he'll make it. Uh, there we go. Well, if he does Made know who he's well. picking at, if he does know who he's picking at twenty four, <laughs> I hope they get picked at twenty third. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I agree. Look, he's he's not going to be at the Steelers for, for that long. Carnage doesn't happen at the Steelers in the quarterback room for several years running. I haven't so don't know if Ben's coming back yeah. next season yet, do we? Uh, he's under contract and he hasn't said he's not. So I think we have to make the assumption that he is. Well, I think he'll be back. I don't know. Last dance. Would you, would you want the last picture of you in a Steelers shirt being crying in a helmet after a loss against the Browns? I wouldn't I want any pictures would. of me in a Steelers helmet, to be honest. So. <laughs> I mean, that's also... It would never point. happen, Punk. Don't worry. Um, so that's the news so far. Let's uh, move on to the championship games then, boys. So we know who's playing. It's the Bucks against the Panthers. It's the Bills at the Chiefs. But I thought what I'd like to do is just have a look back and see how these teams got there uh, before then getting your predictions on who's going to win the game. So we're going to start with the Bucks um, because they're playing at eight, five minutes past eight in the UK on Sunday. Um, they went 11 and five. They had their losses against the New Orleans Saints. They lost both times in the regular season. Uh, they lost at the Bears in week five. They lost at home to the Rams in week 11 and at home to the Chiefs in week 12. Uh, obviously, some old new faces in Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. But it did turn that team that was, what was it, 8-8, eight and eight, seven, sorry, 7-9 seven and nine into an 11-5 and five team. Let's be honest here. Losing Jameis Winston's interceptions is what turned that team around. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't so much who they brought in, it was who they got rid of. Well, they brought in someone who didn't throw so many interceptions. Exactly. So it could have been anybody. Didn't matter who. I mean, that's a bit harsh, but <laughs> right. it's Jameis Winston. Come on. Oh, he's, he threw thirty touchdowns. Still a... Yeah, through thirty-seven was it? Through the year before, I think. Something yeah, like they, they weren't twins. They weren't twinned with the thirty interceptions. Listen, he's a gunslinger. Um, a lot of quarterbacks probably couldn't have gone in and done what the Bucks have done because on. Lots of uh, columns. The Bucks have changed the what they were from the season before. Third down conversions, number of penalties, time in possession. Mm-hmm. It's all changed the way that they play. Ultimately, I think you're right. Lots of quarterbacks could have had success there um, if they had come in, look after the ball, don't turn it over, and just progress down the field. You're right that they absolutely could have had success, and that team was primed for success. Brady didn't come in, despite what you might listen to Skip Bayless say. He didn't come in and change the fortunes of a franchise and they were nothing without him. No, that's not true either. Um, I think what we what we have seen is that Brady's come in and done exactly what needed to be done. That's just almost turned them into a professional outfit. And I think that's what's been... Uh, the biggest success for them was when the goings got tough, they've had someone who can just go, all right, let's just calm down a bit and get back to what we know will work. And I think that's where their major success has been. It's just, can they do it against a solid team like the backers? Because in the first round of the playoffs against uh, Washington, they were very lucky that, you know, it was Taylor Henneke just couldn't quite get there. Tyler Henneke, Taylor, Taylor Henneke. I just think Taylor, Taylor and then in the next round, um, again, the, the Saints had an off day on offense and uh, they managed to dominate on defense. So it became, they kind of got to where they are by default, but you fully expect them to have to go uh, against the Packers and really earn it now. So now this is where 
sort of the big money starts. No more gimmies. No. Nope. Well, Brady's, you wouldn't expect Brady's so, had anyway. 44 touchdowns to 12 interceptions this year, over 5,000 yards passing. Mike Evans had 14 touchdowns. Ronald Jones has been the, the big recipient of the, the change in philosophy. He's had eight touchdowns, I believe. I think I think Ronald Jones is probably one of the most underrated backs in the league. For a while, he's been good. I know, um, Punk, you've had him about three years running on various fantasy teams that we're in. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's one of those players that started off a little bit boom or bust in that he'd either go for 150 and two touchdowns or he'd go for 12 yards. Yeah. And that was it. Mm. Um, but he seems to, I don't know what he did in the off season this year or whether it was them bringing Fournette in. Drugs. But, well, maybe. <laughs> but you know, I won't put anything past anybody in the NFL nowadays. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those cases where he's really kind of matured and, and knuckled down and become a, a, a legit number one running back. Um, his consistency is a lot higher this year than it has been previously. Um, and it, like I say, whether that's down to you know him suddenly realizing that, oh, hang on, they've brought Fournette in to take my position, I better do some work here, or whether it's a case of he has actually just needed those couple of years to kind of settle into what it is to be a professional football player, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, he's, he has. He's, he has, uh, he was a sort of improved before they bought in Fournette because that was, I think, sort of week four or five. And it was um, quite a few weeks before Fournette actually got going. But I think you're right. If we look at his three seasons in the NFL, in his first season, um, 23 carries for 44 yards. That was his first season in the NFL. Yeah. Um, second season in the NFL, 724. Um, but then last season, almost broke 1,000 yards. Of course, with his injuries, without without his injuries, he would have easily broke 500 yards, uh, 1,000 yards. He's and his average is over. As well. yeah, that, yeah, so I think he's, he has, um, you know, over five yards a carry as well, which which is a big deal. It is a big that's, deal. That's, mm. that's the stat that really makes a difference, especially once mm. you get into the playoffs. You know, all right, you're facing better defences than you do in the majority of your regular season games. But if you're hitting five yards a carry, there's no reason why you can't hit four yards a carry in a playoff game. Yeah, in so, a playoff game, most know, most teams will run it on first down. As standard, you kind of yeah. will always run it on first down. If you can average five yards on second down, it opens up possibilities. It makes the defence have to you know, respect the ball over the top. So it opens up a game and having that kind of play does make a big difference of course it it also makes a big difference in the fact that you know now he's got antonio brown one side he's got evans the other side he's got goodwin he's got gronk is you know so right. when you've got good wide receivers like cameron bray as well yeah it, it does oh, open yeah. the ground gate a little bit for you yeah so i i am not too surprised but no he has definitely matured into a, a reliable back it's also the philosophy of the quarterback as well i mean Jameis didn't like to run the ball ever Whereas Tom's always had a, a running back committee helping him out. Yeah. Well, running the ball is not going to help him get another contract. I think that's the way that mm. it, it was always seen previously. <laughs> yeah. This could be my last game was always Jameis's thinking. <laughs> this could be my last throw. Yeah. One, one bit of good news for the Bucks going into this game is that former first round defensive tackle, Rita Vea, has been taken off the injured reserve list. So there's a hope that he's going to play in this game and they'll need him to play because he is very disruptive up the, up the middle. 
Yeah, him, him, and, him and Sue are oh, just yes. absolute monsters of men. Um, mm. You you stick the two of them in the middle of any defense, and you know you're going to find it tough to run between the tackles. So yeah, I think having having via back will definitely be a a, a big win in uh, in the plus column for the Bucks anyway. Um, I think the thing with Vita Vea is when you got someone of his size, the arm movement is always key. And he's got great arm movement. It's his feet, though. It's his the ability, his ability to be able to slip in between tackles, um, and finding that gap between the centre and the guard, as well. He's so good at doing that. Um, so yeah, he's been a big miss for them. So yeah, getting Devin White back last week and getting Vita Vea back this week, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, really, does it? Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's move on to their opponents then. That's the Green Bay Packers. They went thirteen and three this regular season. Uh, they were okay into the bye week, which was week five for them. Week six, they lost to Tampa Bay. They also lost um, at home to the Vikings in week eight and in week 11 at the Indianapolis Colts. But that was an overtime loss. Uh, and of course, they beat the Rams last week. Uh, when we look at Aaron Rodgers, obviously having an MVP style season, 40, no, sorry, 50 touchdowns, including the postseason game against the Rams, to just five interceptions. He's thrown uh, for almost four and a half thousand yards. Devonte Adams again looking supreme. Nineteen touchdowns this season, including the post. And uh, Aaron Jones, he's had t- ten rushing touchdowns this season. So they've looked really complete. They've looked very comfortable, as we talked about last week. What, what are we thinking, boys, about the Packers? Why are they so much better than last season? I think they've set, settled into who they are. I think they, on offense, they've found on defense. They haven't really looked any different. They're they're a young defense, and I think they've just continued to mature. But I think they've settled into who they are on offense. Of look, we can beat you on the ground, we can beat you in the air, but we're going to be a bit more reserved in in the way that we play. We don't need to go for big plays. And the amount of times last year, especially, we saw Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball away, leg the league in throwing the ball out. Mm. He'd look for the big pass, and it was normally. You know, Alan Lazard running down, running down the line with his hands flailing in the air, going "I'm open, I'm open." When he actually wasn't, um, so they've almost—it uh, just feels like they've become better as a team, and you know they know what they are now. Everyone knows their role, and they're just well drilled. There haven't been that many changes. Um, the obvious change is the Smith brothers on defense, um, Zadarius Smith, and uh, the other one was never name I can never remember, um, but Mike? just the. No, no. <laughs> but um, it, they've just got, you know, two edge rushers now who can really put pressure on the quarterback, which they haven't really had um, two edge rushers for a decent amount of time. So, no, I, I, I think the, the Packers are mortally efficient on offense, and I think they can hang their hat on that. They can run the ball well, they can go well in the end, they can also dominate possession. I think the big difference for me over the last couple of years with this Green Bay team is Aaron Rodgers' attitude. He had those couple of years where he was basically fighting his offensive coordinator for what kind and style of offense they wanted to run. So you had the coordinator calling one set of plays and then Rogers just going off and doing something completely random on his own. Whereas mm-hmm. I think he's he's now kind of settled into a situation where, oh, actually maybe I don't know don't know best all the time. And you know, maybe maybe just a little bit of again a maturation process whereby he suddenly realized, hang on a minute, I'm now getting into my late thirties. I if I really want to go and win another Super Bowl, I can't keep messing about the way I have been. So I think I think his he's he's kind of stepped up another gear to actually just understand 
what it is that his coaches are asking him to do and why they're asking him to do it. Now, whether that was a communication thing breakdown before, I don't know. But for me, that's that's been the biggest difference is is that Rogers is now trusting the player the people and the players around him much more than he was two, three years ago. Yeah. I think I I think what we are seeing is him settling into a scheme. Whether it's him um controlling that scheme and you know being um the dominant force in it or not, I don't know. But it, it definitely suits him whatever system they put in place. But if I was to say to you, you know, we can offer you a season where any quarterback's gonna get forty eight touchdowns and five interceptions during a regular season, that is MB, MVP level on anyone's yeah, back. I yeah. don't care who you Absolutely. are. Absolutely. And when you've got a decent run game on the ground, a good offensive line, not the best wide receivers, but the best wide receiver, if that yeah. makes sense. So it's not the best group of wide receivers, but Devontae Adams for me is the standout wide receiver this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without any shadow of a doubt. And well, it's he, him or Stefan Diggs, I think. Cause, yeah. I think the, the thing the with Diggs, you, you could, I think Diggs makes, uh, I think he, a lot of his catches will then turn into plays because of what he does after the catch. Whereas Devontae Adams, his catch radius is 30 yards in either direction, it seems, because everything just gets pulled in and almost nothing gets dropped. So it is, it's, it's ridiculous he's that good. The best one um, is even the end of no, that with certainty, I think. Yeah, I do, I do think you're absolutely right, though, Punk, in the fact that you know, they've almost matured into who they want to be. And, you know, these be- Rogers has become that offense and it's they've sort of allowed him to flourish in whatever form that's taken. And that does chime because I saw an interview with uh, Aaron Rodgers this week when he was talking to Pat McAfee and he was talking about how he's just changed his attitude to be a much more positive one and how he reacts to things. He's decided to be, you know, yeah. all he can control is his, his response. And we saw old, you know, old time uh, Aaron Rodgers, how he would get all, all stressed out and there'd be reports leaked of him being annoyed. And obviously Mike McCarthy, that, that relationship fell down. But yeah, I think this new relationship with Matt LaFleur, his, you know, I, I think he's got a lot of authority in that dressing room. He's never been the kind of stand in front of him shouting leader type thing, but he's, uh, he's definitely led by example and he's a student of the game. Think- he loves, he, he can diagnose everything that's going on. And I think that yeah. he's got the group of people around him that respond to that. I think Matt LaFleur might just be a, a sneaky bet for coach of the season only because, you know, he's, he's basically gone in there and said, okay, so you are this franchise. Go on then. Mm. And that's it. Just let him run with it. I mean, obviously, you know, coach of the season's down in Miami again, two years running, but he's <laughs> having that ability to be able to just go, do you know what? You are this franchise. You're the face of the franchise. So go on, on your head be it. But, you know, we will follow you. And having someone who's got that ego and just the ability to say, okay, this does all rest on me. I don't need to fight anyone so I can go out and fight the opposition because I'm not fighting my own guys anymore. And he seems like a different player, but he's definitely risen to the occasion. Well, the Packers might be the favourites going into this game by a, a smidge. But of course, I did mention earlier on there that uh, the, they did play each other in week six. And it's not a good omen for the Packers because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won that game 38-10. to 10. All of Green Bay scoring happened in the first quarter. There was a field goal, then Aaron Jones rushing touchdown. But then there was a Jamel Dean 32-yard pick six. Then there was a Ronald Jones two-yard touchdown run. And that was then 14-10 before Tom Brady had thrown his first pass. Uh, Packers didn't 
uh, sack Brady once. The Bucks had zero penalties. The Packers had six penalties for 76 yards. Ronald Jones had 113 yards rushing on 23 carries and the two touchdowns in the game. Rob Gronkowski had a touchdown. Tyler Johnson got a touchdown as well for the Bucks. So it was a bit of a rout in the end, but that was in Tampa Bay. That wasn't up in Lambeau. It I was. think it's it's also one of those things with the Packers, though, this season, in that the games that they've lost, they've lost from winning positions. So I know you're saying they scored all their points in the first quarter, but, you know, 10-point lead um, in that one. I think when they lost to the Colts uh, in, in the overtime game, they were actually sort of, 20 points up in that game at one point and the Colts came steaming back mm. so it tends to be I don't know whether it's a inbuilt thing but they seem to just kind of you know get out in front and almost I think expect to win from that point now I I would suggest that that being week six that previous game that they've probably learned a bit from that and um have have maybe corrected a few of the few of the uh, internal errors that will have occurred there. But, you know, there are still signs of it. Like I say, the Colts game especially was one where you kind of, you just wondered why they were doing it. And even, even, even some of the wins they've had, you know, they've kind of got out into a lead and just taken their foot off completely. So it, it'll be interesting to see if, if, if they do go sort of 10, 14 points up in this game, whether that's the, a similar thing starts happening again. I don't think that happens in the Super Bowl. Uh, one game from the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, no, I think you don't think level so, of, but you never know. Level of concentration is much higher. But let's not let's not forget that last week the Bucks played the Saints, and the Saints beat the Bucks twice in the regular True. season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm beginning to think that what happens in the regular season is largely irrelevant. It stays um, in the regular season. Oh, it's yeah. always irrelevant. Once you, the whole point of the regular season is to get into the tournament. Once you're in yeah. the tournament, anything happens. Exactly. I think you're absolutely right. So I think it's it's a it's a good omen. But again, if you take away that one quarter that the Bucks had, where they had 28 points in one quarter, which is I'm not going to lie, weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was over by the end of the you, third. There was no scoring in the fourth quarter. No, especially no, at that point because they were struggling to score points in their first few games of the season. I mean, Bucks. both both in that game. Let's put it this way: both quarterbacks did. It was a one score. I think Rogers got 160 yards, yeah, and Brady got 162 yards or something. 66 like yards, but Brady had no touchdowns, no interceptions. Rogers had no touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah, it wasn't exactly a game for it was it was a game that, you know, Punk you loved it. <laughs> it wasn't much offense on it. It was just occasional scoring with a defensive dig every now and again. So it was I, I don't think we can take much away from that game. I think it was uh uh it was just one of those mid-season games that happens. Um in in terms of who we expect to win, Let's go I mean, this is close. We can this do a pick close. now. You want to pick now? Yes, okay. please. Well, we didn't pick on the first game, did we? Or did we? This is the first this game. The first game, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's because we were talking about the Bucks for so long. That's what it was. All the, right. Yeah. Bucks Packers. Who's winning this yeah. game? Uh, I am going to say I think the weather will play a part. Um, and I think the Packers. Yeah, I, I saw that as well. I think the Packers will win this game. And I think they'll win it by more than one score as well. I will always give a home team three points. A home team at Lambeau in the snow, I'm giving them 10 points at least. So, yeah, <laughs> Packers Packers for me. We've got Tom Brady who used to play up in Foxborough. You've got, you know, Gronkowski. These are people that are used to having some cold weather. 
Do you realize how yeah. stiff Tom Brady's arm's going to be when he starts trying to throw it in minus four? He's had a snow. year in Tampa to loosen Come it up. On. Exactly. It's, not, it's not just that. Yes, yes, Tom Brady is used to Foxborough, but there's 52 other guys out there. Yeah, and these are 52 other guys who live in Florida. Gronk, he's got so much padding on him. He looks like a teenager's bra. I've never seen anything like it. All right. So you, what, you're both going for Packers then? I think so. Okay. Seems that way. I won't push you for a score. Do you want a score? I mean, I'll give you a score if I've you said, want a score. I've said, I've said more a, than one spread. score. <laughs> yeah. I, I will go Packers 30, uh, Bucks 21. Okay. Uh, I will go 28-20. So it is only one score in the Packers. Well, it's, one, it's more than seven. That's what I meant. So 28-20. <laughs> okay. right. oh, fair enough. Okay. So that is the NFC Championship game previewed. So now on to the AFC, and that's starting at 11.40pm for us in the UK on Sunday, and that is the Bills at the Chiefs. So let's have a look at the Buffalo Bills, shall we? A 13-3 record in the regular season. They lost in weeks five and six. That was at Tennessee. That was a 42-16 drubbing. And then against the Chiefs, 26-17. They also lost in week 10 to the Arizona Cardinals uh, in Arizona, 32-30. That was the Hale Murray but other than that, it's been a bit of a sweep through to the postseason. Uh, they won six on the bounce, and then postseason they beat the Colts and then beat the Ravens 17-3. If we look at Josh Allen, another one that's pushing for an MVP vote, he's had 39 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. And, of course, the standout was the first-round trade uh, for Stephon Diggs. He's had 10 touchdowns this season, including the post, and uh, over 1,500 yards receiving in the regular season. So a very, very good year for Buffalo, coinciding with the implosion of the New England Patriots always helps. Um, what are we reckoning, boys? What's, uh, what's really gelled this, this Bills team together from last year to this? I think it's Josh Allen, to be honest. I think Josh Allen has really stepped up and made himself a proper NFL franchise quarterback. If you, if you look at his progression from... I think it's year well, obviously year one into year two, and then his progression two into three, and so on. It's um, yeah, he's uh, ex- done exceedingly well, um, especially considering a lot of people had knocks on him coming out of the draft, and so on and so forth. And I remember, I think there was someone on this podcast, in fact, said that you know he'd never survive in Buffalo because it's too windy, and so on and so forth, and his mechanics were awful, and it could never happen. His mechanics were awful. <laughs> yeah, but he's proven proven you wrong. He's proven you wrong. <laughs> I've already said he's so, Yeah. No, you have you have, to be fair. I didn't yeah. say you, you weren't sticking to it. I'm just <laughs> saying I remember you saying it at, at the mm-hmm. time. But yeah, I think I think the only thing the only thing that worries me a little bit about this Buffalo team at the minute, they're very good on defense. Yeah. Um they, they, you know, they obviously give opportunities to their off- offense by giving them good starting position on the field, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. My only concern about this Buffalo team a little bit is their running game. Mm. I'm not entirely convinced by uh, Singletary and Zach Moss. Gum. Zach Moss, thank you. I was going to say Zay Jones for some reason, but he's a wide receiver. <laughs> wide receiver. So <laughs> that's not going to work, is it? Not even there anymore. Um, they just they just don't seem to help Allen out enough 
for my liking. So you end up with Alan doing his little Mahomes impersonations where on, you know, third and eight, he's running for nine. But, um, you know, I, I, Buffalo this year, I think even if the Patriots had been better, would still have been my favourites for this division. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the way they've progressed over the last two, three years, like I said, since Alan came in, I think they've they've really kind of understood what they've got. I think the move to go and get Diggs was an absolute masterstroke. Mm. Um, it gave him that real proper solid number one that he could rely on constantly. Um, and I think it, it, it's difficult not to underestimate what Cole Beasley's done for him as well out of the slot. Although he's been injured a lot, and when he has been there, he's been a real kind of find the hole in the zone, a kind of Edelman type, just just find the hole in the zone and, and catch the ball and move the chains. So mm-hmm. I think I think for me, although you know we will lord their defense until the cows come home, I honestly think their offense is 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 pretty good. I think both sides of the ball they complement each other extremely well. Um, most of the time when a team is very good, they're good one side of the ball and an offense will make it easier for a defense. So you will see all the times going, oh, their offense is only any good. It's like Chicago. Imagine how bad Chicago's offense would be if their defense was crap. I mean, they, they would be historically <laughs> bad, but they're not. They're, their offense sometimes looks okay because, you know, they're getting the ball on the 45-yard line rather than pinning their own 20 every time. So... I think it does make it easier on the offense, but I, I agree. I mean, uh, Brian Dable, he deserves a lot of credit because yes, they've stuck with Josh Allen, but they also stuck with him in the air. I was saying last season, they, they throw the ball and they throw it a lot. And they say to him, go out and make plays, you know, run through your progressions. And it's exactly what I said last week. You, they have Cole Beasley and go and find space. Just go and find space. Don't worry about running routes or anything. Just, you know, go and find space that's opening, give Josh Allen that sort of get out of jail free card, which he does. Um, and I think the, the, I think the move to bring in Stefan Diggs, it's not very often a first a first round um, trade works for both parties. We've seen a number of times you get a first round trade and then the person who they pick up doesn't quite work out. But on this occasion, it's worked out for both teams because mm. they, you know, the, the Buffalo bought in, um, Stefan Diggs, who's a ready-made replacement, paying him a good contract, not ridiculous contract, they're paying him a good contract. And of course, um, the Vikings got Justin Jefferson, who has turned out to be absolutely fantastic. He's been the pick out of all of the wide receivers so far. So it's worked out for everyone. Um, it's, I think well, the only thing that's slightly unfortunate is that we've seen on a number of occasions when it's come down to that big moment in a big game, um, Allen hasn't really proven himself yet. So in in um, I think in he's not really had the opportunity in playoff games and things like that. So that's the only thing that really worries me when it comes down to that big moment when there's a key third down in the third in the third quarter and or in the fourth quarter of a, of a playoff game and that kind of thing. We've seen it from other quarterbacks and they've proven it. He hasn't done it, and he's the only quarterback out of the four teams that is yet to prove it in the playoffs, and that's the only big concern. But this season, he's been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, last season, he lost to Derek Deshaun Watson in the playoffs. Derek Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I was just going to say, this is also really, you saying about him in the big spots, Dave, this is the first opportunity he's really had to show it. So, you know, yes. all right, they, you know, he's, he's, 
maybe hasn't had a million and one fourth quarter comebacks and what have you, but yeah, until, until he's been there and tried it and been in that situation, I don't think we really know how he's going to react. So, I mean, for me, this is, this is the most interesting game of the weekend. Um, The, the kind of, you know, two young guns going at it rather than two old boys and just, just seeing whether this bills team is as legit as we all seem to think they are. Yeah. I think that you're right in the fact that this is his first opportunity on the big stage. But take away from this season where, he's, as you say, he's had an MVP season almost. Um, take away this season and the, the amount of times last year and the year before, he was, I don't want to say an almost guy, but the, there was a number of times when we'd see sort of drives towards the end of the fourth quarter breakdown because of mistakes and things like that. But the Bills never let it get to him and said, OK, we, he's our guy, we're going to continue with him. And at the beginning of this season, there was uh, a lot of, I mean, NFL Network were doing a thing of who should um, the Bills go for, you know, who should be their new quarterback. And I mean, it was ridiculous to me. I, I found yeah. it and bizarre that that conversation was even happening, but it was. But some of, some of that's the way that the NFL and, and kind of a lot of other, you know, win now has happened in sport. You know, it's not that long ago that, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a prime example. You expect your quarterback to sit for two two seasons before playing and playing at a high level, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen is is kind of testament to actually stop doing what you did with Josh Rosen and throwing him away after a season and actually give these guys a chance to learn the process, learn how to be a professional, learn how to be a quarterback. And you never know, after two, three, four years, you know, a lot of them will come to fruition. I mean, obviously, you still get your Jamarcus Russells and what have you, but you know, I think on the whole, there's too much of a win now attitude with quarterbacks, and and the young ones aren't getting enough time to actually learn the game. I think to a certain degree, you're right. If you look at all the great quarterbacks in the league, you know how many of them come from top colleges? Like, really, who the best ones? How many of them do come from the best colleges? And the answer is none. No. <laughs> they don't they really don't so I mean Kyler Murray's the obvious example but again what's he achieved at the moment mm-hmm. in terms of the creme de la creme they all come from small colleges out in the middle of nowhere so it, it doesn't shock me too much that he is having success and I, I do think you're right in, in that the Bills have been genius in just saying okay you're our guy we believe in you so develop yeah um, yeah you wouldn't we, trade we, your we, first we round pick for, for Stefan Diggs unless you believed in your quarterback for for a toy to Absolutely. throw at him. And of course, getting Stefan Diggs hungry is the way to get Stefan Diggs productive because we saw he was great in Minnesota until he started bitching all the time and he just came toxic well, think, in, in the locker room. But the thing is, he was bitching about not getting the ball. So I think the way you get him hungry is to like give OBJ him... The way, you get him well, the way you get him hungry is to give him uh, give him opportunity, give him you know attempts, give him catches. And the way you get him to get catches is to get him hungry. I don't think it's particularly difficult. He's a guy who wants to play football. And if you give well, him the opportunity to play football, you give him targets, he will be successful. I worry about he's what happens when he, when he gets bored. He's, he's out there to prove a point, not to, not to Josh Allen. He's proving a point to the league, basically. And as soon as he's made that point at the end of this season, he might turn, you know, he can go one of two ways. I'm worried that the Stefan Diggs I saw in Minnesota is going to return. And he'll be one of those guys that he's had his, his breakout season. Everyone will say you're great. And then he'll start moaning about a bigger contract or. I mean, he's, you know. a, he's a wide receiver. He's always going to be a diva. So well, some of them more than others, obviously. Larry Fitzgerald doesn't do that, does he? But, well, no, Larry Fitzgerald yeah, he, doesn't. But yeah, he's an exception to the rule. Let's be honest. <laughs> there aren't many Larry Fitzgeralds in the world. You know, it's, it's well, ridiculous. I could, I could name a list of, of wide receivers that don't moan. 
every and time. For everyone, name a list that are divas. And for everyone, everyone that you can name that doesn't moan, I can give you <laughs> 10 that do. No, you and you know do. I'm right as well. <laughs> you did bring no, up I, one of the points that's a bit worrying for the Bills, and that's their running game. Josh Allen has more rushing touchdowns than the rest yeah. of the rushes combined. Yeah. And that, like I said, that, that for me is the only real... I would call glaring weakness that they have is that their running game doesn't always do what you need it to do. And so you do rely a lot on Josh Allen being able to either move it with his legs or, you know, throwing the ball downfield. Um, It would be nice in the playoffs if you could take a bit of pressure off him by running it more. Um, But, you know, the formula is working. So, you know, who are we to say it's definitely not going to happen this week? The mm. thing is, I and I've said this a number of times before, I'm frustrated that they don't give Devin Singletary more touches because the average is almost five yards an attempt. Mm. And every time he does it, every you know, there isn't a game that goes by where he doesn't break out and have a big run. It's almost consistent that he has an electric sort of play in every game and he shows what he's worth in almost every game. And he never gets taken down at the first tackle. He always sort of takes the first man. He's not a big dude either. So I'm massively impressed by him, but it just doesn't get that many that many touches. It was kind of like Montgomery in Chicago as well. Until yeah. fairly recently, uh, he wasn't getting many touches. Um, but towards the end of the season, they were giving him the ball on first, second and third down, sometimes on fourth down. And he looked like a premier back. <laughs> so it, I think I find it a bit... Uh, a bit funny that they don't run the ball with the backs that much, but I think that might come when uh, Alan gets a bit older and he doesn't want to be taking, you know, the, those hits anymore. And maybe he loses a step of pace and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, the fact is they've got, I don't think any of us disagree that Devin Singletary is a bloody talented running back. Cause he is. Mm. It's just that he, I don't think he's been necessarily given the opportunity to show it so far. No, I agree with that. Let's look at their opponents. Then the current Super Bowl champions, the Kansas city chiefs, it went 14-2 and two in the regular season. Their two losses came in week five to the Las Vegas Raiders, somehow, 40-32. to 32. Yeah, and, in week, great. <laughs> and in week 17 versus the Chargers, obviously Mahomes was sitting that one. Uh, 38-21 was the final score with Chad Henney as the quarterback. And, and in the postseason, they just beat the Browns Sir last week. Chad Henney, I think you'll find. Sir Chad Henney. <laughs> If we look at the boys then, so Patrick Mahomes has had a 39 touchdowns uh, in the post and regular season with just six interceptions. Uh, if we look at Travis Kelsey, he's had 11 touch, sorry, 12 touchdowns. Tyreek Hill's had 15. Uh, it's been pretty much business as usual for the, the Kansas City Chiefs. We can really only chalk Love up it. one official loss to the, the Raiders. So Absolutely. And a fantastic game by the Raiders it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Mahomes had 340 yards passing in that game. Kelsey yep. had over 100 yards um, receiving. Oh, yeah, that was our best game of the season. Don't get me wrong. That was that was, that was was definitely our best game of the season. So much so that I think it's the only Raiders game that I've still got on my um, uh, planner downstairs that I can watch over and over <laughs> in the off-season. So. I think it might have knackered <laughs> your entire team, Punk, because uh, what happened afterwards <laughs> was not well, pretty. Well, yeah. No, no, it wasn't. But enough about us. For yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Go on, talk about the Chiefs then, boys. <laughs> so, well, I think it's important, firstly, to say that Patrick Mahomes has practiced full participation Woo-hoo! with pads, with helmets, etc., yep. etc. So there's no way on this planet he was concussed. No. Well, they've not <laughs> said he was concussed. When you, when so. you, when you said with helmets, I'm, the first with thing I'll say is, that's just Tyreek Hill. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that as well. Um 
interestingly, uh, your favourite running back has also practised this week, Dave. So, yeah, yeah. Mr. Le'Veon Bell is, the slide. is in there. Le'Veon Bell has actually missed practice this week yeah. so far with the knee injury. So yeah, they had the drug testers in. That's what it was. <laughs> no, I thought he was holding out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think from from the Chiefs' perspective, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, aren't they? We know what to expect. We know what they're going to do. Um, yes, they haven't been quite as explosive this year as the previous couple of years, um, but they don't need to be. You know, no, they it, games. They, they win games. They don't need to, you know, put out 50, 50 burgers every single week. Yeah, it, Even if they're only winning by one score or a score and a half, mm-hmm. it's fine, you know? Um, the idea is to get to the playoffs and win the playoffs. I mean, there. to be honest, they don't even have to be leading by one score. They can be down by three and they'll still go and bloody <laughs> yeah, win it. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're the win, only team. You're, you're the never team. You're never safe with them. You can be four scores up going into the fourth quarter and you should still be worrying. Mm. You know, especially when they, what was it they were down last season Super Bowl? 10 points, 10 points going into the fourth quarter. 10 points with seven minutes left. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they can can just turn it on and and all of a sudden it'll, before you even blink and know what's happening, you you might have been ten points up, but you're now fourteen down. So yeah, it's uh it's testament to Andy Reid and what he's been able to do and that that squad that he's put together. I mean, you know, me I'm not allowed to like the Chiefs. But I do have <laughs> respect for Andy Reid from, you know, when he was in Philly and what he used to do in Green Bay as well with Favre and so on and so forth. So any fat dude that can rock a Hawaiian shirt is fine by me. There's <laughs> <laughs> only fat dudes that uh, rock Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, and I'm one yeah, of them. <laughs> he's still the master at coming off the bye week and and you know just just absolutely having game plans to decimate teams. So you know, I the, the Bills have got their work cut out for them. The, the, I suppose the only weak point this Chiefs team really is the defense. Um, obviously, they've got, you know, uh, Tyron Matthew in the backfield, but their pass rush is is, is not great. Um, well, I mean, their, their pass rush is Tyron Matthew at the moment. <laughs> well, um, he does <laughs> seem to cover a lot of ground, yeah. But... No, the issue, I think the issue, the, the Chiefs have three issues, mainly. And that's in the, their offensive line is not great. Mitchell Schwartz is an all-pro. He's brilliant. Um, Eric Fisher is old he looks old he's getting run over constantly the amount of times i've having to pitch a tight end next to your left tackle which doesn't happen all that often um, he's out thing, as well isn't he so that yeah. doesn't help the other thing is the number of penalties that they concede they consistently concede penalties on key downs but and that's on both sides of the balls defensively and offensively they are horrendous at conceding penalties at the wrong time um and the other thing is what i've mentioned a ton of times um, in the red zone, you will score on them. They are the worst team in the NFL on, in conceding points in the red zone. They're worse than the Jets. They're worse than the Jags. Everyone. They are the worst team at defending the red zone. But it doesn't matter because they've got Patrick Mahomes. That, it's that simple. That's the very basics of everything you need to understand of this game. It doesn't matter because they've got Patrick Mahomes. If you go back and listen to the first couple of years of this podcast, we always used to say that it's Aaron Rodgers. Well, we've now just shifted into well, it's Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's 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 the same scenario. You're absolutely right. It's you know, it doesn't really matter as long as Patrick Mahomes is on the field and Patrick Mahomes is ninety percent fit, then you know, good things are going to happen for that team. 
there's, two, course, there's two things. Sorry, the only thing I was going to say is there's two things that you can do to beat the uh, beat the Chiefs. I think you have to go either toe-to-toe with them and outscore them. Now, can the Bills do that? Maybe. Maybe they can. The other thing that you do is you keep that offense off the field and you trudge like a fat kid as slow as you can up the field, (laughs) taking minutes and minutes off the clock. Can the Bills do that? I'm not sure they can. No. So how where does that leave you then? Genuinely, where does it leave you? So you, you can't rely on, okay, my our defense is so good, we're going to stop them. You can't do that because yeah. every team who's ever played them has proven you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So you therefore, you have to go toe-to-toe with them. And that's dangerous. And of course, these two teams did go toe-to-toe in the twist of fate week six as well for these two teams. And the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills 26 to 17. Um, Tyler Bass got a first a field goal in the first quarter to kick things off. Travis Kelsey got a touchdown in the first quarter. Then Stephon Diggs got one back in the second quarter. Travis Kelsey got a second of the game just before halftime. In the third quarter, there was a rushing touchdown for Darrell Williams. Uh, and in the fourth, there was two field goals for Harrison Butker and a Cole Beasley touchdown uh, for the Bills. But um, one of the big performances was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He had 161 yards on 26 carries for the the Chiefs in that game. So running all over the Bills defense. So with that, boys, it's prediction time. Who is winning this game? Punk, let's go for you first. Like I said right at the start, I'm intrigued by this game. Exactly for the reasons Dave was saying. It's, you know, what do the Bills do? What game plan do the Bills come up with to, to either stay with or stop the Chiefs? And I think that the Chiefs are going to come in and try and make it a shootout. And I don't think the Bills will be able to keep up. So I'm going with Kansas City. I think I agree. But on the interests of keeping it interesting, I'm going to go Bills. <laughs> um, I, agree I did consider in... it. I did consider yeah. going Bills. And I just, I, I just can't see how they win it. I just want to say for the record, I don't think the Bills will win. I think it will be close. Well, I think they'll be within the score. No, but I, no, I, I, I want to make it interesting. And I obviously want the Bills anyway. to win. I want the Bills to win because I want the Bills to have a shot at a Super Bowl. Because no matter what you say... The Bills had four shots, Dave, and they messed up on all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was ever such a long time ago. <laughs> it's, a different, it's a different league now. It's a different sport. Whatever sport I watch, I always root for the underdog. If I'm watching a boxing match, I'm, 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 you know, I'm voting for the guy who's a Lithuanian truck driver. If you're watching a cricket match, I'm, I, I'm, I'm supporting Mauritius. It's, it, in every sport, I'm, I want, you know, Pastor Maldonado to overtake Lewis Hamilton. That's what I'm, and this is exactly what that is. Probably yeah. not to that degree. Um, but no, I, I want the Bills to win, and obviously, with uh, the Chiefs being an AFC West uh, domination team at the moment, let it cloud um, your feelings. Yeah, I'm not going to let that cloud my feelings either. No, I want the Bills to win, so therefore, I'm going to go for the Bills. I'm not sure that they will, but do you know what? I think they've got as much chance as anyone to do it. Yeah, no, no I agree. I, I think they've got they've got the units to be able to cause the Chiefs problems. It's mm. just whether they can score enough to keep up with them um mm. score wise for this one i'll probably go 38 31 Ooh. something like that i think it'll be a high scoring uh, affair and i think it'll come down to just just one score here or there mm. i think the first half will be low scoring um second half it'll go berserk that's what i reckon much much like that patriots chiefs afc game from a couple of years ago yeah so i will go 
I am going to be controversial. I'm going to say an overtime win for the Bills. Excellent. What That's what I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say 26 to 32. That's a game I want to wow. watch. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting scoreline. Uh, okay, so those are the predictions. We've got the Packers for both of you, and then we've got a split between the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC game. And of course, by next week, we'll be able to do the review and know which two teams are going to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks in Tampa Bay. So, yeah, I got four out of four last week for a reason, though, remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, Common and Dave, it's time for you to uh, take control of this podcast. It's your quiz. So, yeah, it's my quiz. So, I actually got good, some good feedback from the quiz last week. Um, really? I'm not yeah. it at all. <laughs> I didn't even get any abuse, which was amazing. Hey, come on. You enjoyed the quiz last week. You can admit <laughs> it. You can say it out loud. I don't mind. So, this week's a bit different. All right. So, you've got five subjects in total, and you can either choose to go home or away. Now, a home, a home question is about your team. So, for Jim, it will be the Steelers. Uh, for Punk, it will be for the Raiders. So if you choose your own team, that it'll be worth one point. If you choose an away question, it will be potentially for any other team in the NFL, mm-hmm. and that'll be worth two points. An away question is available on offer, but it's only worth one point if it goes on offer. So subjects are numbers, defense, offense, fantasy, and draft. Now you can do it in any order you want to. And you can also, if you want to, do uh, multiple um, picks of the same subject. You've got two questions per subject, so it's up to you. So, Jim, as you're the host of the podcast, would you like numbers, offense, defense, fantasy, or draft? I'll go draft, please, Dave. Draft. You go go home. A question of sport, isn't it? A little bit. You (laughs) going home or away? I'll go away. Why not? Ooh. Okay. Okay. So away. Your question is on the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. In the 2019 draft, what yeah. round did the Colts pick up Rock Yassin? Two. Correct. It was the second round, second pick. So two points to Jim. Is he not the, the most? That's unfortunate because that's one of the draft. That's a draft question that even I'd have got. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he says that when he after the question's been answered. <laughs> then they don't have to be the most difficult questions in the world. No, no, it's not about your it's only easy to know the okay. answer, Punk. This is also true. It's punk, what do you reckon? So you've got numbers, offense, defense, fantasy, and draft. I'll go fantasy and away, please, Bob. Ooh, okay. So who was the highest rated fantasy wide receiver for Carolina? Talk so about this is highest-rated fantasy-wide receiver for Carolina. Now, now, remember, this can be offered if you get it wrong. Oh, no wow. googling. No, of um, course not. <laughs> and this is based on just a standard um, scoring, standard PPR scoring no, game. Yeah, no, 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 no fancy gym scoring where it's like thirty-five <laughs> different other picks and two bonus points if you play for the Steelers. None of that. None yeah, of that. yeah, none of that. None of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to have to hurry Oh, Robbie Anderson. That's not the correct answer. DJ Moore. I was going to say DJ Moore. What do you reckon? DJ Moore. David Moore. That's correct. Yeah. (laughs) So Jim gets a bonus point. (laughs) That's terrible. I mean, last week. Did I win last week? 
you did because you got the tiebreaker on Carson yeah, Wentz. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Oh, that's right. One point. I don't feel so bad if I lose this week then because it'll be one all. <laughs> all because of Derek Watson. on Super Bowl weekend. It's all Derek Watson. All because well, Derek. Yeah. Derek Watson. Do you know so what, Jim, though? I, so just you... think, I just thought about this. There, there's an unfair um, advantage for Punk if he asks for a home offense question because numbers are so bloody low. Right. Well, okay. It's going to be easy, isn't it? Well, let, let me just put it this way. None of your questions... None of your questions surround your run game. Put it that way. <laughs> so you got numbers, defense, offense, fantasy, and draft. You can still I'll, go draft if you want to. I'll go home draft. Why not? Home draft. Okay. In the 2018 draft, who did the Steelers pick up in the first two rounds? In the 2018 NFL draft, who did the Steelers pick up in the first two rounds? I can't steal this one, can I? Because it's home question. No, it's so, a home question. Yeah, that's um, fine. Jim, you have to get I, both I the things as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> so mean, no, was, no half fun. measures. Just for fun, you can have a pop. There's no reason why you can't have a pop here. You're not going to get any points. Yeah, but Devin know. Bush. Yeah, yeah. So 2018 NFL draft, you've got Devin Bush in the first round, I'm assuming? Yes. Who are you going for the second round? And we had a second round pick, I assume. <laughs> we didn't give it up for, for Devin Bush. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. There's no trick questions in here whatsoever. I can't think of who our second pick was. Okay, so in the first round, you picked up Devin Bush in 2019. In 2018, oh, it, it was Terrell Edmonds. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Wrong in enough. the second round, it was James Washington. James so, Washington. James Washington. Yeah. Marvellous. James Washington. So no points for Jim on no. that one. Punk. Uh, I will go numbers away. Numbers Please away. Pop. Okay. Can you tell me the jersey number of Cam Newton, please? <laughs> this is his current jersey number. What he was wearing last season for the Patriots of Boston. To be honest, Probably not, but I'll go seven. For some number, reason I want seven. Number one. Oh, he stayed with one. Hang on, hang he? on. Oh. That's an away question. I could have answered that. You could oh, have. Well, you're three points in the lead. Too, I forgot. I was so going to say you're three. No, it, he was one in his career. That's <laughs> easy. <laughs> well, I was going to say I was going to say one, but I thought it must have been a trick question because you know Dave would Dave never said be no that trick simple. Questions. Uh, no, no, you owe me two points there. No, you only get one point for a question. One point. <laughs> no, you don't get one point. Sorry. Rigged. Rigged, okay, boys. Jim. Yes. What are you going for? Uh, what have we got? It's um, so oh. you've still got numbers, offense, defense, and fantasy. Well, I'll go. I'll go numbers as well, then, please. I'll go home. Home or away? Okay. Can you tell me the jersey number of Joe Hayden, please? Twenty-three. So he is a defensive back. He that is correct. Twenty-three. <laughs> you are such a fanboy. It's ridiculous. Any just? It's terrible. Like no thinking about it. Bang, 23. No messing yeah. about. I'm pretty good at numbers. Okay. With my own team anyway. What are the categories I've got left? Oh, so you can go home numbers, uh, defense, home and away, offense, home and away, fantasy, home. I need, I need draft, to pick some points away. up, don't I? Defense away, please. Defense away. Can you tell me which Denver Broncos player made the most interceptions in 2020? No, and I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
which Bronco had the <laughs> most interceptions? Did, did a Denver Bronco have an interception in 2020? <laughs> With yes. two interceptions. Is that, is that something that actually happened? <laughs> Who, who's your fifth string cornerback? I have no oh, idea. He's probably playing quarterback. I have no games, idea. <laughs> <laughs> He probably right, was. I'm not even sure I could easy, name yeah. the Denver Broncos defensive starters at the minute, to be honest. It's that inconsequential to me. No, I've no idea. Go on, James, have a go. I, I don't I can't think of any either at the moment. Um, oh my god, you two are a disgrace. <laughs> no, we just don't don't I watch your relevant Harris, teams. But that doesn't count anymore, does it? <laughs> No, because no, he doesn't play for the Broncos. He plays for the Charger. Exactly. <laughs> he was always my my get out of jail free card. Of, there's more chance of it being a kid to leap <laughs> or Champ Bailey. I did, I did. I did think it might be Champ Bailey to be honest. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is the number two rated safety in the league this season, Justin Simmons. Oh. Really. Five interceptions this season. I'm just, I'm just looking at your uh, defensive starters there, and yeah, I think other than Bradley Chubb, I'd have probably gone who. There's a lot of quality Sorry. in that defensive <laughs> line up there. All right, <laughs> oh, is it, is it last okay. question now? Uh, we'll keep going for a little bit. I think, I think you've won. To be you're honest, three, you're you're four points ahead. So let's <laughs> let's just add a couple more on there. We've got a few. We've got a few questions. <laughs> until I lose, is that the idea? <laughs> well, until un, until Punk gets one. Until he gets one, I'm not that worried. I'm really not. All right, I'll go. I'll go numbers away, please, Dave. Numbers away. Your favourite player in the NFL? Can you tell me the jersey number of Mitchell Trubisky, please? Ten. Ten. He's such a fanboy. Answered that one. How's that a fanboy? You could have. You could have answered the Cam Newton one, but guess what? Well, yeah, no, that's true. I didn't. I did. I I, I outthought myself. Yep. Right. So you've got home for every. Um, every category and then away for offense. Go draft. offense. Go offense. Away for offense. Away oh. for offense. Can you tell me who scored the most touchdowns for Seattle? Now, Russell Wilson's obviously not the answer because you know what you know what the question <laughs> is. Okay, lock it, Metcalf, lock it, Metcalf, lock it, Metcalf, Metcalf. Jim, lock you it. Get steal. That would be correct. Oh. So Jimmy's now seven. It's always going to be 50-50, wouldn't it? 7-0. So. What, what are the numbers then? Have you got the numbers? Um, so you know Tyler Lockett were? scored 10 touchdowns. DK Metcalf scored less. He's got nine, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look. He didn't look. Fair enough. Uh, all right, I'll go yeah, offense This is not going to plan for me, is it, at all? No. Offense home. It hasn't. Offense home. Okay. Yeah. Who scored the most touchdowns for the Steelers? Um, that would be uh, Deontay Johnson. That would not be Deontay Johnson. That oh. would be Chase Claypool with 11. Was it Chase? It was a home oh. question, so it couldn't be offered. No. Okay. So, Punk, I'm going to give you five bonus points. I mean, you're seven behind, so this doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm going to give you five what? bonus points, and I want, I'm going to give you your draft home question, if you would. Go on, then. Okay, so as part of the Khalil Mack trade to Chicago, (laughs) they sent you two first-round picks. Can you tell me the two players who were picked up with those Khalil Mack picks? Now, there's going to be a few people shouting at me on this podcast now. Yes, there are. Uh, Who who did we pick up? So I'll I'll give you a little bit of help. I'll give you a little bit of help. One was in 2019... (laughs) 
and one yeah. was in 2020. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember which picks they were. Though, was it the number four pick? We had multiple. No, it's only, it what it was in 19 for a start, not 18. I see what you're doing there. No. <laughs> um, it's just the first round picks. I mean, I know you got like a sixth or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. interested in that. Just the first rounders. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was the 29 pick, 2019 pick at number 24. Correct. And the other one would have been, what was the other one? 2018. 2020. Miller? Oh, 2020. No, it can't have been 20. Oh, no, it is 2020. Oh, no. Oh, no. Jonathan Abraham. Uh, Jonathan Abraham was 2019. Oh. Because uh, he got injured first game of the season. No, it was your star defensive back, Damon Arnett. Arnett. <laughs> Yeah, of course it was I couldn't remember <laughs> oh, which numbers yeah. the Bears had given us, to be honest. It was number number 24 and number 19. Mm. Okay. Um, with the pick that they got back, they picked up Cole Komet. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, uh, one, more each, one, more, oh, one more question. One more question. Yeah. Right, one give more question. Give me whatever question. Jim, you've got two defense. Okay, I'll give you a question. Um fantasy home so this is the Steelers now mm-hmm. so who was the highest rated fantasy player for the Steelers not including defense because your defense was number one overall yeah okay yeah. this isn't who scored the most points because more often than not quarterbacks score more points than anyone else it's who was the most highly rated in their position group so if you had a I don't know if you had one player who <laughs> didn't score many points, but he was rated number three, he uh, would be your highest. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go left field. I'll say Eric Ebron. Wow. That's absolutely spot on. That is a shout and a half. Well done. Well done. <laughs> well, look at the position Anyone who doesn't know, we just saw a double, a double fist punch. I give up. There. I'm done. You can take this one. I won. I won the proper quiz last week. Do you know, do you know oh. what, Jim? I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a bonus one million questions. points. Exactly. I'm going to give you a Raiders question to see if oh, quickly, you can answer then, more questions from Raider. Then we go. Okay. <laughs> who who scored? Oh, sorry, who got the most interceptions for the Raiders in 2020? Max Crosby. This is an open forum. Anyone? No. Max Crosby, the defensive lineman. No, it wasn't. So, tap, it was, <laughs> knocks the ball down? No, Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath. Oh, Jeff Heath. Yeah. With yeah. three. That's the one. Well, thank you very much, yeah. Dave, for doing that. One. Thank you, Punk, for, for turning up. If, if, if you lot could have actually, you know, answered some questions. Sorry. If Punk could have answered some <laughs> questions properly, that would have been a good quiz. <laughs> Well, there we go. We're going to be done now. I'm going to have a bit of a rest. Watch the championship games on Sunday night. Come back for you next week and do the review. And then we'll start looking ahead to the Super Bowl. But until then, uh, check us out on Twitter at Jim and the King, at DenverDave30, at Punk underscore Raider, or at JimandTheKing.com for all of other stuff there. But until next week, boys, I've been Jim. That's been Never Dave. That's been Punk Raider. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah.